Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. I'm Laura Adams, author of a brand new book, Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. If you're interested in the new book, there are some awesome free bonuses and giveaways you can claim if you pre-order it before it officially goes on sale September 22nd, 2020. To learn more, just text the word pre-order, all one word, pre-order to the number 33444, or you can visit lauradadams.com. I'm excited about today's show. It's about a topic that most of us have a love-hate relationship with. That's debt. We like it to buy homes, cars, and pay for college, But we don't like it when we're feeling strapped by debt payments that leave us unable to reach critical goals, such as saving for retirement. According to the Federal Reserve, consumer debt was near $14 trillion after the second quarter in 2019. That's the 20th consecutive quarter of debt increase in the United States. That staggering number is the total of Americans' home, auto, student loans, and credit card debt. If you are struggling with how to prioritize debt or making payments right now, believe me, you're not alone. While it might sound simple, the key to digging out of debt is staying focused on wise solutions, not dwelling on problems. You can't do much about the past. You have to look at what's going on right now with your finances, how you can make some different decisions and move forward in different ways. And one of the questions that I often hear about getting out of debt and staying out of debt has to do with setting priorities. Many people are really confused about which debts to tackle first and whether it's smart to eliminate all their debt. The best way to create a plan for getting out of debt is to understand the difference between good and bad debts. Debt that allows you to make money or to increase your net worth is good. But debt that causes you to lose money or for your net worth to go down is terrible. So we're going to talk about that in today's show. And let me give you a quick example. If you have an affordable home mortgage, that's generally a good debt because it allows you to buy a home that may also appreciate in value over time. An auto loan is generally a bad debt, even though it may be necessary for most people in order to live their lives and get to work. 
because vehicles depreciate quickly and they rarely make money for the owner. You get the idea. Going into debt for things like a vacation, clothes, electronics, or furniture is not a wise investment in your future. Likewise, buying a home that's out of your price range is never wise, even though I said that a mortgage is generally a good debt. A debt that's good has to be affordable in the first place. If you have debt, but you've also got plenty of savings and a steady income to cover it, it may never turn into a problem for you. But if you use debt to finance a lifestyle that you just can't afford, or if you're paying sky-high interest rates, that should be addressed sooner rather than later. So to get the perspective of a debt expert, I interviewed Howard Dvorkin. He's a CPA, MBA, personal finance author, serial entrepreneur, and chairman of Debt.com. Howard has founded and served on numerous boards of directors, including the United Way, the Better Business Bureau, American Heart Association, and Junior Achievement. He's received many, many honors for his community leadership and philanthropic work in South Florida. I was honored to connect with Howard and interview him for this show. We talk about the current state of American debt and how consumers who are in trouble can find help. We're going to cover a variety of topics, including the debt environment in the United States, how the pandemic has changed the consumer debt landscape, the difference between good and bad debts, tips for struggling consumers to pay bills and protect their finances, when you should or should not consider declaring bankruptcy, and how to prioritize debt payments when you can't make all of them. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Howard. First of all, tell me a little bit about how and why you got into the debt and the credit business. What's your background there? Well, I kind of got in by accident. And I think it really goes back to, you know, growing up when I, you know, I came from a very entrepreneurial family and I had little businesses, uh, even at eight years old, I had a small little thing going on. But then, you know, in high school, I had a snow removal business in New Jersey that was actually very, very profitable enough to hire people and buy equipment. And uh, and then I went to college and I studied accounting. And uh, when I came out of grad school, I turned around and I was doing a lot of tax work, but then was called they had a savings and loan crisis. I got thrown into the middle of it. So I was doing lots of workouts for my clients during the week. And on the weekends, I was shutting down savings and loans. So I saw it from both sides, the debtor side and the uh, banking side. So it was very interesting. So I kind of developed a uh, strong understanding of debt restructuring during that period of time. And then kind of just fell into this business of of uh, helping people get out of debt. And it's really probably the most rewarding career I could ever think of. And frankly, it lets me do two things, which is help people and basically tell people what they should do. So I am a very opinionated person and I have strong opinions. And frankly, this business allows me to do it. And usually I'm correct in what I preach. But at the end of the day, I started this business, uh, the 
credit business where every great business is started at somebody's kitchen table, which was my kitchen table at the time, and uh, started out and gave up a job that I was making a very nice salary and understood, you know, I wasn't going to get where I wanted to go in the time frame and quit my job in 1992 and started this business. By the first year, I doubled what, my, what I was making and then again doubled it and doubled it and doubled it. And, you know, it was a great business and it allowed me a lot of opportunity. But at the end of the day, foregoing the, the financial rewards, it's really the most rewarding business you could think of because you are changing people's lives. Yeah, I like your entrepreneurial roots. Tell me a little bit about what you think is going on right now with American debt levels. Going up, going down, what's happening right now? It's interesting. Right now, debt, unsecured debt, is going down, which is very surprising. But when you look at it, it was going up, up, up until the, this pandemic hit. And now people who aren't paying their credit cards, they're not paying their their mortgages, they're not paying the rent, they're not paying their student loans. They're taking that extra money and they're getting stimulus money from the government. They're actually taking that money and paying down their credit cards. That's most people. So the overall debt in America has dropped by $76 billion in unsecured credit cards, which is the largest drop in the history uh, in recent history that I know of. I will tell you that's probably going to change as the government tightens up the stimulus money and the programs. Because in January, all those programs are going to expire and people are going to have to go back to paying their student loans, going to have to pay their mortgages, pay their rent. No more deferrals on on credit cards. So I do believe that consumers will get choked at some point. And uh, we will be here to help people, obviously. But I do believe the usage of credit in America, uh, America's addicted to debt, and that addiction is not getting going away anytime soon. So what mistakes or maybe misunderstandings do you see people having about debt? Maybe, you know, not just right now, but but over and over. What are some of the biggest mistakes um, that people are making when it comes to debt? The biggest overall mistake that I've seen for the last 20 years is they're financing lifestyles they can't afford. And it's not even picking up only credit card debt. They're also leasing cars that they can't afford. And so basically, they're making smaller payments to get a better car or a bigger brand or whatever the case may be. But at the end of that lease, they own nothing versus buying the car. And at the end of three years, they still have that car and they could drive it for another three or four years and then trade it in. So that is a very big problem that the availability of unsecured debt has allowed consumers to basically finance lifestyles that they can't afford. And, 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 you know, as our parents taught us, you know, you need to save and put away money and don't carry too much debt that went out the window 
with this generation after the baby boomers and even the baby boomers at the tail end of the baby boom, you're seeing seniors pick up debt because at the end of the day, it's just more expensive to live right now. And you're, there's a place for all your dollars and certainly your excess dollars. One distinction that I know you make is the difference between good and bad debt. For someone who has never heard that distinction, how do you describe good and bad debt? All debt is bad, in my opinion, but bad debt is credit cards, things that you don't necessarily need, but you want. Going out to dinner and and charging $100 on your credit card where you're already carrying a balance and increasing the balance by a hundred bucks. 12 hours later, you get no benefit from that dinner. However, good debt could be construed as a home mortgage, meaning you're in debt, but you're the asset, at least you have something to show for it or a car, you know, it's debt. Yes. And it depreciates the car, but it gets you, it's worth something at the end of the day. Also, that car gets you from point A to point B so you can go earn money. A house, hopefully, if you keep it for 20 years, it appreciates, you make a lot of money. So that's acceptable debt. Student loans is good debt. Student loans, you got an education, assuming you got an education and you just didn't buy the degree, which happens, unfortunately, these days with some of these private universities. But at the end of the day, a student student debt is probably good debt because you would take that degree and it allows you to get a job that you can make extra money at than you would if you didn't have that degree. I agree. So good debts can help you earn more or increase your net worth. Bad debts usually cause you to lose value and lose net worth. And it is so true that if you're abusing bad debt, it's going to catch up with you, you know, and and as you said, all debt can be dangerous in one form or another. But if you are using a credit card correctly, you're paying it off. You're not letting any high balances, the interest accrue over time, and you're you're paying off your balances. You're not letting uh, too much accrue there. You know, certainly you can use a credit card wi- wisely. But yes, uh, the good debt, bad debt can be confusing for a lot of people. And it can cause people to do things like pay off the mortgage before they pay off the credit card, you know, pr- not prioritizing debt. Or default on the mortgage before you default on the credit cards, which we saw quite a bit in the last downturn. We saw people actually falling behind and becoming delinquent on their mortgages and cars before they gave up on their paying their credit cards, which was frightening to me, but I could understand that they were living off their credit cards. They didn't need the house. The other thing is you can use credit cards, as you said, but if you pay the bill off when the bill comes in at the end of the month, pay it off 100%. It's a fine method for, for transacting. Or better yet, use a debit card, which only allows you to charge as much as is in your account. So those are two great things to do and focus on. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. 
If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Howard, how do you feel about using debt in a business? What advice can you give, let's say, someone who is a solopreneur, a small business owner, and is thinking about expanding and using debt? What advice can you give them? Well, it happens. I mean, to be frank with you, I see it time and time again. A lot of people call Debt.com over and over and say, yeah, I tried to start a business and I took it, I used my credit cards. And and it didn't work out. And my point was, you know, my response would be, well, let me ask you, what was your margin? And if I didn't get the blank stare from that question, they would say, eh, maybe I was making 10, 15 percent. And they and then I would say, well, what was your credit card charging you for that outstanding debt? And they would say, well, probably about 25 percent. I said, so every time you use your credit card, you were actually losing money because you were only making 15%, but you were paying 25% interest. Credit card uses and basically funding businesses didn't really, you didn't see it back in the 80s as much. In the 90s, in the mid 90s, there was a actor called Robert Townsend. And he financed a movie using his credit cards and it got a lot of press and the movie was actually quite popular. 
And a lot of entrepreneurs started using their credit cards thinking, oh, I'll do this and I'll pay it off. Well, the fact of the matter is a lot of businesses don't make it to the year two or even through year one in some cases. Um, And then people are stuck with debt. Again, if you have the ability to pay off your debt, your credit cards, when the bills come in, pay it off. If you don't have the ability, then you shouldn't be using those credit cards, whether it's for business or personal use. If a listener is really struggling right now, let's say they're having some financial hardship due to the pandemic and they're behind on debt, what tips or advice can you offer? What should they be thinking about in terms of prioritizing debt or maybe dealing with collectors if it's gotten that far? How how should they be thinking about managing debt in the scope of their all the other challenges going on right now? They need to do some research. I mean, certainly if somebody went to debt.com, they would find a tremendous amount of information on how to get out of debt. And that's important to know. An educated consumer is a better consumer. And basically, there are too many landmines that you could step on when you're making decisions about debt. And it's really challenging uh, to me to see that uh, you got to go to an authority that actually is trustworthy, that can get you out of debt, that can point you in the right direction, not one product or not one method of ridding yourself of debt is the best. You know, there's several ways to get out of debt. When somebody comes to me, I always say, there's five methods to get out of debt. One is you could pay your minimum payments uh, and it'll get you out of debt in probably 30 years, which probably is not an option for a lot of people. Two is you could stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and hope that things get better. Hope's really not a great strategy either. Three, you can file uh, bankruptcy, which people bring up all too often without knowing the implications of that, without having the knowledge of what that entails. And it's probably not, should be the last case scenario rather than the first thing out of people's mouth. They can go into a credit counseling program. Basically, the underpinning of my entire debt relief business, which basically gives people a great idea of what their options are and tries to point them in the right direction. And then there's a settlement program, which we all see on TV and hear on the radio and see on the internet, which may or may not be a good thing. But at the end of the day, you know, you have a bunch of options and they need to educate themselves on those options. Since mortgage rates are so low and attractive right now, a lot of people are considering buying homes. There are a lot of first-timers who are thinking about it. A lot of people are maybe thinking about upsizing, downsizing, a lot of changes going on. What advice can you give people when it comes to 
knowing if they're prepared for a mortgage, if they're ready for a mortgage, and, and maybe some ways to think about how that very large debt, taking that on, you know, kind of the role that that should play in your, your overall uh, financial goal and plan. People need, again, to do their homework need to sit down and in fact they can go to debt.com and we have a housing budgeting tool uh, that's available and basically those people can go through fill out the uh, schedules and understand you know right now they may be renting and that's it they have a rent due at the end of the month or the beginning of the month and they have an electric bill and maybe they have a water bill and that's it but now you go and you buy a house, not only do you have to pay that mortgage payment, which may be the same as your rent or maybe a little more, which has tax benefits, but you also have the electric bill, you have the water, you have the lawn maintenance, you have the pool maintenance, you have insurance, you have lots of extra expenses that you didn't have before. So they need to budget out and see really where they are from a cash flow perspective. I will tell you that a lot of people get into houses and they shouldn't be in because they spent too much on a house. And unfortunately, with families, financial pressures cause a lot of challenges for families and actually is the number one reason for a disillusion of a marriage, the cause of divorce. Number one is financial pressure. So don't put yourself in the position to add pressure that you don't need, that you don't want, and frankly, that you may not be able to handle. Yeah, great advice. So Howard, tell me a little bit about Debt.com. I know you provide a lot of great education and resources. You know, what else do you do? If somebody contacts you, what's kind of the bread and butter of your, your business? Well, I think it's interesting to tell you how I got the progression of my career in debt relief. I actually, when I came out of being an accountant, I sat down at my kitchen table and started a company called Consolidated Credit Counseling, which now is the largest credit counseling agency in the world, which is, I'm very proud of that. And it's a great company and it gives people great advice. The problem with credit counseling is it only offered one product. So I decided to move on from there and start Debt.com. And what would happen in credit counseling, you could only handle about 10% of the people that would contact you because signing somebody up for a program that they don't need or that won't help them is not something I want to be involved in. So we would be very strict, only 9 or 10% of the people that contacted us, we actually did business with. At debt.com, we're able to help probably 40 or more, 40% of the people that contact us. So whether they need credit counseling, whether they need bankruptcy advice, whether they need help with their taxes, whether they need credit restoration, a whole menu of things that we do and we're able to help people. So it's much more satisfactory for me to help as many people as I can. And Debt.com is certainly the platform. 
to do that. But I will tell you, as opposed to maybe some other businesses, we are very strict on doing the right thing for our, the people that reach out to us uh, every time. We don't want to impede our reputation by doing stupid things. And we won't push somebody into a product that they don't need. In fact, a lot of the times we'll say, go down this path. And by the way, we don't help you. We don't have the services available, but this is what you need to do. So pushing people and giving people direction and honest advice is something that I absolutely demand from our staff and, uh, frankly, from our management team. Howard, thank you so much. This has been really interesting. Um, your your ideas and your your background uh, in debt is is really fascinating. How you came into this business, I really appreciate you talking about it and being on the show. Where can folks learn more about you? Well, they can Google my name, and uh, certainly, you know, there's a lot of things about me. HowardDevorkin.com. If you feel that you're overwhelmed, go talk to somebody, whether it's at debt.com or somewhere else, but make sure that they're credible and they're giving you good, solid advice that you can go on and and make a decision with. A big thanks to Howard for taking the time to do the interview today, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a question about debt, credit, retirement, building a business, or any financial dilemma or topic that's on your mind, I'd love to hear it. You can connect with me by email by visiting lauradadams.com. You can record a brief voice message by calling our voice line. It's 302 364-0308. We might even be able to use your audio in a future show. And if you don't want your audio on a show, all you have to do is say so. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That's an easy, free way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.